arm ourselves with the same attitude as Christ. He's pointing us to the true Christmas spirit, the spirit of Christmas past, present, and future, as the character of Christ living out in us, through us, all day long. I love this if you were with us with this appeal as the season of Advent continues to prepare not just by counting the days until Christmas, but by making every day count for Christ. This morning, as we return to Peter's letter, we're going to find in just a brief number of verses that he is going to offer us practical and tangible guidance for living not only in light of Christ's first arrival on earth, but his awaited final return as well. You have those Bibles open to 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll be starting in verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. As this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter comes right out of the gate with a message that we're more accustomed to seeing someone on a street corner hold up via a handwritten cardboard sign. The end of all things is near. Most of us tend to go about our day ignoring people bearing these signs. Our disregard for the messenger goes hand in hand with our dismissal of the message. Of course, there are some among us who have marked, memorized all the appropriate passages regarding the second coming. In light of those scriptures, every global tragedy or cataclysmic event we witness or read about in the news is perceived as another tip closer to an apocalyptic time loop. Interestingly, whether we're living in denial about the future or whether we're overly fixated on the calendar of, of events for the last days, when we actually believe the world is coming to a close, tend to bear down for the worst. We prep. We plan. We stock up the pantry, head for the hills, and lock ourselves in for the duration. We anticipate and prepare to meet the end, not with the attitude, not in the way Peter describes for us here. I find that interesting. However, when Peter this statement, the end of all things is near, his words are intended to be a comfort to the believers who are suffering in Asia Minor. It is an announcement not given to cause panic or fear or to breed ignorance or dismissal. It's an assurance offered to encourage perseverance and to focus hope. The end of the world as we know it, Peter is referring to, is the of God's promise, the end of sin and suffering, the end of 
parents, our father doesn't want us to live in a state of craziness or chaos. We are, as Peter says, to remain alert and sane. We are to think and evaluate situations, opportunities, and relationships in light of Christ's return of God's ultimate purposes and plans for us and for this world. We don't know God's purposes. We easily forget the Lord's plans if we don't regularly read, study, and reflect upon our Bible, our thinking, what we believe is true, what we value is shaped and solidified by the information and voices we focus on. The more we engage the Word of God, the more we think like Jesus, the better we evaluate each moment, each relationship, and live for Christ. Peter adds that we need to remain sober-minded, self-controlled, which means avoiding the intoxication with or the addiction to anything that inhibits the clarity and intimacy of our relationship with Jesus. If we continually get drunk on alcohol and drugs, yes. But if we continually get drunk also on money, power, possessions, our careers, our worries, any other concern about following Jesus, our head won't be clear. And our heart will be divided. The biggest indicator of a life that is insane, of a person who is anything but spiritually clean and sober, Thank you. 
my prayer life. And I don't know if you have ever struggled or are struggling now with your prayer life, but one of the reasons we often struggle with our prayer life, we struggle with prayer, is we lack sanity and sobriety in our lives. Yet there are times when we may pray to become sane. We may pray so that we might get sober. But if we're consistently running around like crazy, if we're consistently drunk, whatever form that may take, of course our prayer life is a mess. Peter is making a connection here. Being alert, that is focused and attentive. Being sober, that is clear-minded and self-controlled, leads to effective prayer. When we're focused and attentive to events, we interpret them correctly. And as a result, we're able to pray more intelligently and more appropriately. When we're clear-minded and self-controlled, we're able to pray not out of a sense of desperation or uncertainty. We're able to pray with confidence and in trust. Is our focus in the right place, church? Our focus in the right place today. I think if we opened our eyes, I think if we opened our eyes and truly saw the vast amount of people who need the Lord, I think if we opened our eyes and if we understood that the church is engaged in a battle for souls and that the stakes are higher than any of us previously thought, I think we would pray more.
part of a church on the other hand. Be a part of a church long enough that you'll find plenty of opportunities to keep loving people who aren't easy to love. The church isn't perfect. I hope someone has told you that in your time or your time in the church. The church isn't perfect. And late-breaking newsflash, it will not be perfect until Jesus comes back. Oh. 
to a place tomorrow. And the food invited me into my bed. My jaw dropped and I started tearing up because I was reminded of how in the midst of our frustrations, we miss a lot of the big picture of what Jesus was trying to show us. With my husband by my side, I started to cry and apologize to the Lord for having a grumpy attitude. It was a beautiful moment as God showed me his grace and his power at work through me. I hope and pray that I can learn from this and continue to be like Christ. Thank you. 
share the debt requirements and put it on credit. Gifts that will be exchanged. Not by standing in line at a store, but gifts that will be exchanged by passing it forward, led by the Spirit and revealing the kingdom of God every step of the way. Do you honestly believe that the people in your life need any of the things that you are buying? Any of the things that you are stressing about giving? Do you honestly believe that they couldn't use more prayer? Do you honestly believe that they couldn't use more 